0: Welcome to Liberty FM, the podcast dedicated to all things New York Liberty. I'm Felicia and I'm joined by my co-host and husband, Francois. This is episode 20, recapping game one of the semifinal between the New York Liberty and Connecticut Sun. Let's get into this game which did not produce the result the Liberty wanted. Francois, what do we think about this start to the semifinals?
1: I mean, that was a very, very disappointing start for the New York Liberty. Probably the worst game of the season Mm -hmm. at the worst of time. Um, It felt like, I don't know, we were deflated or something at the end of the game. Like, I don't know, there was no passion from the team. There was like, I don't know, there were gas. Like, maybe too much energy was found in that first round series. But, yeah, Connecticut came with a plan and, uh, you know, Stephanie Weiss, uh, who's, you know, been, you know, rewarded with coach of the year. Um, you know, she came with a great plan and she said that she was really proud of her group. That she felt like, you know, they came in and played the most consistent 40 minutes they play all year, particularly on the defensive end. And it showed and, uh, you know, it's not necessarily an upset, but definitely an upset in the way they took that game uh, in New York
0: yeah I think you know you definitely felt like the Liberty I don't I don't know that they were necessarily gassed I mean they definitely had some days in between their um, game against the mystics but I do think they got caught on the back foot and Connecticut was ready you know you can't like we said in the previous podcast although the Liberty, had beaten Connecticut throughout the season, this is different. It's mm. playoff basketball. They're gonna come with a whole new mentality, a different mindset. Everyone does once it's playoff basketball, and it's tough. And you know, I just think for the Liberty, the the playmakers they've had, you know, in previous games just didn't show up today. They just had a tough, a tough time dealing with the defense, the switches you know, the screens that would be set and and unfortunately I would say in this one where Benajalaney would, you know, still do her thing on defense, the offensive uh points weren't there, um, for her and for Sabrina Ionescu, which I think just didn't help the Liberty. And Brianna Stewart not really starting the game that well points wise. She obviously got blocks and assists and things of that nature, but they really needed points and They just weren't getting that. The shots just weren't falling today.
1: Yeah, before we look into uh, more details as to what went wrong with the Liberty, like, individually, um, there is a player that we have to mention, and she was probably our favorite player on the team for the past few seasons. And if you were at the Barclays, and if she made a shot, the DJ would play Becky with the good hair. (laughs) Becca Allen Wow, yeah. what an incredible game from her back uh, in, a, in a former home. And, you know, the last time we talked about her was uh, that matchup, that infamous matchup in Connecticut uh, in the regular season when uh, the Liberty came back from 20 points down. And during crucial times, it was Baker Allen that kind of held the Liberty coming back into that game, yeah. missing free throws, fouling Sabrina. But she came back with a vengeance, and you knew, you knew, like even when they filmed her when she entered the Barclays, the way she was dressed, like she was just to like, I'm, I'm, on in, a mission. I'm in business today, <laughs> and she did like not only defensively, she had a lot of steals. You know, she obviously has a long wingspan and a very underrated uh, defender. But offensively, everything was clicking, you know, scoring threes, especially at the start of the, the first quarter to set the tone for Connecticut, you know, cutting to the basket, like providing everything that the uh, Connecticut Sun needed uh, in that game. And, and that kind of set the, the tone for, for the Sun. And then once, uh, you know, Becca was a little you know, quieter, you know, who came to sort of, you know, take over, they won a boner. And uh, Sandy Brundello should know. I mean, she coached her for many, many years uh, with the Phoenix Mercury, and they won a title together. But at 36 years old, she's probably having one of the best seasons of her career uh, after, what, 16 or 17 years in the league. That is so impressive. And I always feel like if you manage to stop the one at Barnard, you created, like, a good advantage for yourself. Mm -hmm. But if she gets going, you could be there for a rough afternoon. And that was the case uh, this afternoon. She could not be stopped.
0: Yeah, I mean, she can pull up from just about anywhere on the court. And she was just red hot, especially as the game wore on. You know, I think the Connecticut Sun just built up their intensity um, through the first half and then especially into the second half. And Duana Bonner pretty much finished it off for them (laughs) coming into the fourth quarter. So, you know, between her being the top scorer for Connecticut and Rebecca Allen being the second best scorer, it was just a tough night for the, a tough day for the Liberty. And, you know, I think they definitely can come out better next game. But right now they, they got punched in the mouth this game.
1: Yeah, so my question for you, uh, Felicia, like, what did you make of the Liberty's defense? Because as much as the offense is great and obviously they have a lot of talent, anybody mm-hmm. could score. Like, we kind of forget that it's through their defense that they win those games, and that they've been brilliant this season. When they managed to beat a few times the Las Vegas Aces, it was through their defense. Mm-hmm. When they managed to, you know, come back. Uh, against the Washington Mystics in Game 2 of the first round. It was for their defense. And i got to say, like, today, as we are recording after the game, uh, their defense was very disappointing.
0: Yeah, I mean, defense is going to win you games. There's no question. The defense will help your offense get going. And if your defense is not on lock, your, your offense is going to be shaky as well. And you could see just who they were picking on, you know, um, unfortunately in this game, I would have to say they picked on Sabrina quite yeah. a few times. Um, they got by Benajah a couple of times, but I think they picked on Sabrina the most, I would say in this game. And, you know, Sabrina is not, um, the aggressive defender, you know, she's not going to have the win wingspan to take on Rebecca Allen and others. And so, it's just tough to see some of those plays where if you get by her, she's not really going to be as aggressive as she could be to try to get the basket or, you know, um, or even possibly get a foul. Just just try to stop you from getting <laughs> the bucket. You yeah. know, you saw quite a few players get by her, and then she sort of – she just kind of stopped a little bit or slowed down. Once you got by her, you pretty much got to the bucket, got to the hole. So, that's tough. Um, I don't think... I also think that this was just not Benazia's game.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, it was a tough one for her as well. She didn't... I think she only had three points in mm. this game. And typically, you know, we just saw a stat just, what, yesterday that I think it's at least four of their starters that they all are averaging for the playoffs about 18 points per game. Yeah. And she only had three today. So you needed her as much as you needed her defense, you needed her offense, and neither showed up today, and so, you know, it was just a tough one. I I think, you know, for the guards, it was especially tough for them, Um, and I also think for this game, you really, it, it, it was hard to try to even feed JJ, you know, you would get some points off of feeding her, but, Connecticut adjusted, and they were quick to double-teaming, whether it was her, whether it was Stewie. They were quick to attack um, certain people, and so, you know, it, it was just tough
1: all around. Yeah, I mean, um, Connecticut had a game plan. Mm. I felt like on offense, they knew how to pick uh, the Liberty apart every single time, so, you know, they used the pick-and-roll call a lot, and if you were going under the screen... Then uh, Bonner will punish you on that with the free, and then if you try to double team uh, the guard or whoever had the ball, then you have you know the person that set the screen and cough, and it will be Alyssa Thomas that you know will get the ball on the on the inside, and then they would also have screens, so they would set a screen at, you know uh, by the free point line or by the free uh, free throw line. And that will allow someone to cut to the basket, and you know they do the pick and roll, and then they see someone cutting. And you know when we rewatch some of the highlights after the game, you know just to you know review certain plays like the miscommunication on defense. Yeah, like, there's a lot of miscommunication. You know, yeah, like you know defenders not really knowing where to be or yeah. who to guard. Like at this level, like you cannot have or that. Or just
0: leaving your assignment. Yeah, you cannot have that at this level
1: over. in the playoff game. Like. You know, you could get by if it's a regular season game, but in the playoffs, especially with a team like Connecticut, you know, you're going to get punished uh, right away. And what was very, you know, significant was in the second half, there was, you know, uh, the the Connecticut were attacking on our outside of the Barclays where, where we were uh, standing. And uh, at some point, uh, Alyssa Thomas got the ball, and she was literally, like, just waving people, like, giving directions, like... And she knew exactly how to pick apart the Liberty defense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it turned out, like, you know, a couple of times she just passed the ball for someone who was cutting. Or sometimes she would just do pick and roll, then get the ball at the post. And then just, like, you know, scoring an easy basket. So, it was very frustrating. And then, like you said, JJ, like, in the first quarter, I think she had some, like, eight points fitting her on the, on the inside, which has been the bride and brother of the Liberty right. when they faced the Connecticut Sun in the regular season, like every time JJ just dominated the Connecticut Sun, and she did the same thing in the first quarter, but they adapted though, they adapted mm-hmm. and um, they only scored, the Liberty only scored two points in the pains in the second half, and when they mentioned that stats to Sandy, you know, you saw her eyes wide open, like almost like in disbelief yeah. that it happened. But the, that's the thing Connecticut adjusted, and the Liberty had no answer for that.
0: Yeah, you know, again, you got to remember defense is going to win games. And also, defense will jumpstart your offense. If you can get stops, turnovers, things of that nature when the liberty play with pace they got to play with pace when they are stagnant and there's not a lot of ball movement you're not going to get a whole lot you might get a shot here or there but when they play with pace is when they will do well and when their defense is clicking you could tell there was definitely a lot of miscommunication between the players on assignments and switches and you could just tell it just wasn't there it just wasn't their night and so you know They just got to look at the tape and figure out where they got to make all the necessary adjustments for game two because this is just, yeah, I would say this is one of their worst games of the season and I do think they can come back in game two and be the team that we know them to be and, you know, also, I would like to just give props to just some of the bench players. I was going
1: to tell you about this. Uh, <laughs> what actually worked for the Liberty.
0: What worked this time around, you know, with Kayla Thornton and Maureen Johannes coming in. They were able to get stops. I, I was saying it during the game that when they were in there, they played better defensively. Yeah. Even if they were in a hole, they were able to get a couple of stops. They were able to get some shots. Kayla got six points. She got a couple threes. Yeah. Marine had, you know, a few shots herself. She would have had a spectacular reel of a three-point shot, um, but it didn't go in. So yeah. <laughs> that was what the, it. Was it was just a good? You could just see that. I just feel like those two players. They they got to get more minutes, especially when. You know people like Benazir or or Sab. It's just not their game today.
1: Yeah, I mean we knew that Marin was gonna play more minutes against Connecticut compared to the Mystics because she has been pretty good against mm-hmm. Connecticut all throughout the season. And to be fair, she is a much better defender than people want to believe. I, I've definitely seen the growth all throughout the season. Yeah, uh, because I felt I feel like Sandy has you know, demanded from her, you know, a little bit more defense, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the guard position. And, you know, she she was holding her own today. And when her and KT got on the court, it completely shifted the, the momentum for, for the Liberty because, unfortunately, Sabrina and Benazza, to, you know, my yeah. surprise, uh, were kind of struggling. And then by the time that Sabrina came back in the last few minutes of the second quarter, you know, she started going in as well at the three-point line. Um, and next thing you knew, uh, you know, uh, the Liberty took the lead at halftime, by, you know, leading by four, um, Brianna Stewart's uh, free, uh, my yeah. bad, free. Uh, and Brianna Stewart had a crazy shot, you know, to end the, the second quarter. So you felt like, okay, like, you know, they made the adjustments. We know, you know, mm-hmm. who's going to be uh, reliable today. Um, And, you know, I was like, okay, we're good for the second half. Let's move on from that first half and, you know, things uh, will get going. But once again, we mentioned that in the previous podcast. We mentioned how... And it it might be very insignificant, but it happens all the time, though. The away team usually comes back on the court about seven to eight minutes before the Mm -hmm. start of the third quarter. And the Liberty... You know, sometimes it's like three or four minutes, but the last few games, and today's included, they came back with about two minutes left. Mm-hmm. And whether you like it or not, whether it's insignificant or not, those past few games, the third quarter has been terrible.
0: They've started real lethargic in these third quarters when they come out with like under, I would say, under three minutes in the half, you know, in the halftime left. It, And you don't think it, you know, you wonder if like, you know, they get to warm up. Does it really affect the game? But it's interesting because watching them come out with like just a minute to warm up, you know, and they kind of shoot around and they got to get back to the bench. They just start real lethargic both games against the Mystics and then now against the Sun. It's just like they get slapped in the mouth again and then they get into a hole and then they got to climb out of the hole and... You know, I don't know if it if, you know, coming back during the half like you need to be on that court. Yeah. You know, like the bench players are out kind of before the starters are.
1: Yeah.
0: And and some of those bench players aren't even, you know, playing in the game, and so I don't know if it's if it's going to be a huge help for them, but every, you know, anything, every little bit helps, I think to in in getting your team Gelling and just trying to get you know back on the court, get back, get your head back into the game, and, and really focus and keep keep composure.
1: Yeah, and so we started with uh, I demands, uh free in the corner to start mm. the third quarter, and then it just like you know basket after basket. You know the the Liberties, lack of ball movement on offense, and you know next thing you know they created a difference in the third quarter. And you look at the number of points, I mean, 28 to 15 in the third quarter. Yeah. I think they started 14 and two, uh, 16 and two, 16 and two. Yeah. It was I a nine
0: Oh run before the Liberty scored.
1: And then, yeah, yeah that mean, was it. I mean, <laughs> conceding 28 points in the third quarter, that's, that's not acceptable. And, um, you know, at some point after the game, they did mention, uh, the lack, uh, of ball movements, um, You know, Brianna Stewart said that they had the the ability to get to the second or third side, and we just didn't do that. Mm -hmm. Like when they always say, like if we play, you know, Liberty basketball, which is like ball movement, everybody's involved. You know, like it makes it hard for the defense, and you don't know where the poison is going to come from. But if you're very static or just, like, waiting on, you know, Stewie or JJ to bail you out, or maybe, like, uh, Sabrina Free, you know, the defense is going to adapt. Like, you know, th- this team lost four times against the Liberty in the regular season, uh, so they know now, like, what to do to try to disrupt them, and I think what they said after the game, that their primary focus was to disrupt uh, their free pointers mm-hmm. because the Liberty were the best team in the league when it comes to free pointers But when you look at the staff for this game...
0: It was just under 30%. It was just not good enough.
1: And, uh, yeah, 8 for 27. Uh, They were already, I don't know, had a bad three-point percentage uh, the last game against uh, the Washington Mystics. And so, you know, you got to give props to the Connecticut uh, Sun defense because they put a lot of pressure uh, on the guards. They didn't give much room to Sabrina. She had a couple of frees, but, you know, overall, I think they they got her where they wanted to, and then the shots were not going in. Uh, Brianna Stewart as well. And uh, talking about Brianna Stewart, um, I don't know if we have to be worried or not, um, but if we look at uh, the last two weeks of the regular season uh, and also the playoff, and there was a very interesting uh, stats. By Richard Cohen on Twitter that said that Brianna Stewart is now 18 for 59 uh, from the field in the playoffs, so she's about 30%. Um, You know they managed to get past uh, the Mystics despite the poor shooting percentage, but you know it's going to be a struggle against Connecticut, Connecticut if she can't get at least a little more efficient, Uh, and she's one for 15 from free. Um, during those playoffs, which is not helping. So, you know, we've been accustomed to monsters' performances from Stui all throughout the season. (laughs) But I also enjoy the fact that the Liberty, you know, slowly but surely in the last part of the season, you know, showed that they didn't necessarily have to rely on Stui all the time. And, you know, they could, like, score many different ways. But in the playoffs, you're going to need your star players. And yeah. if she sh- shoots at, at this at this level, it's, it's going to be tough.
0: It, you're not going to get to the next level, and you're not winning a championship without Brianna Stewart. You're just not. It it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, we they've managed to win games, even if she's not, you know, scoring 20, 30 points because everyone else has contributed. But when everyone else has an off night, especially for today, you know... Laney and Yanescu both really had off nights. You needed Stewie, but Stewie needed to score a lot more points than she did. And it's been, I have noticed that, you know, her percentages have been going down in the last few weeks, but they've managed because they've had contributions from everyone else. So it's helped the Liberty to continue this run until today. And, you know, I don't know. I just think, I don't know if it's just the season, you know, now you're playing, you know, you play 40 games and are they tired? Are they fatigued? Maybe they're a little fatigued. Maybe she's just more fatigued than she thought and the shots just aren't going down because she gets looks. It's just the trajectory of her shot sometimes is a little off. And so, you know, I don't know that that could be fatigue setting in, you know, as the playoffs, you know, keep going and you're just going to need others to step up. And I think, you know, for the Liberty, where teams are gonna pick them apart is at the three-point line. You know, your your main sniper from the three-point line is Sabrina. We know, even watching last year, if you can double-team Sabrina (laughs) at the top of the key, if you can get to her the likelihood is that she's not going she's not going to score she will probably turn the ball over because that's everyone's de- defensive ploy is to if you can double team her the likelihood is that you're going to get the ball back and to me I've been saying this throughout the season is that they need some mid-range shots that's the one thing that the liberty the only person really that's really good at it is Stewie but if her shots aren't going down you have Benija at times that she can do it as well but that's sort of it
1: yeah. Yeah, but I feel like, you know, Sandy has to, you know, put her players in the best position yeah. to succeed. I don't know if she said it during the post-game conference, but, you know, she knows that she's going to have to do better. Because, you know, you see how Lisa Thomas was yeah. putting a lot of pressure on on Brianna Stewart. And, um, you know, sometimes she was double-teamed, triple team, and yeah. as great as she is, it's going to be hard. But there was a tweet that I saw, and it was very interesting. Like Natasha Cloud was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, tweeting live during the game, and she, obviously she's a great, you know, basketball mind. So she always has a lot of good takes. Um, and she was saying that they gotta get uh, Stewie more isolated touches on the block against Rebecca Allen. Uh, it allows her to get confident early, uh, see some go in. So while also potential to out. Uh, Connecticut best defender in foul trouble. And so when they were switching and you had Rebecca Allen defending on uh, Brianna Stewart at the post, it was almost automatic for Stewie (laughs) to to score. Like when she gets the ball at the post and she has that little fadeaway, it's almost impossible to stop her or block her. So if you see that, because she also had some open shots and open frees as well, you know, kudos to the defense, but not all the time it was... Uh, due to Connecticut's defense, it was sometimes just miss shot. Like, you know, they were a little, yeah. a little flat today. So if you see that very early on that it's just not going to be is not at the free pole line, uh, then get her closer to the basket. Get her those mid-range yeah. shots. Uh, get her to have the favorable matchup uh, so that you can, you know, take advantage of it. Uh, Connecticut did, you know, they had the preference preferential matchups almost every time so then why don't you do it and I guess that's going to be the key for them on Tuesday to you know sort of review the the tape and and make sure they make the adjustment for for that game
0: and it can't just be Stewie though obviously we know Stewie is an excellent player she's going to come back and do her thing but you know, if the three-point line is shut down, you got to get to the basket. You can't just sit at the three-point line hoping for (laughs) someone to get open from three. If it's not happening, you got to drive. Like, you got to drive to the basket. And unfortunately, I would say outside of Stewie and at times even JJ, we've seen her do it as well. And Benaja, I think those are your top three who can, you know, really fight and get to the basket. I think for Sabrina... There's still a learning curve there for her because sometimes she definitely gets blocked (laughs) on some of her shots, you know, when she's going to the basket. But also Connecticut has the height, so it's going to make it a bit more difficult. And so you're going to have to, especially for someone like, say, you know, Courtney Vanderslew or Sabrina UNESCO, who are not as tall as some of these Connecticut uh, defenders that they have on them. You got to figure out other ways to get to get to the hoop. And if it's not going to be the three, you're going to have to drive and, and hope that you can create space and, and get a mid range shot. I think we, yeah, I've been saying it all season that I just need Sabrina. If Sabrina can get a good mid range shot going through games, it will open up for her. And when we saw it happening, it opened up for her. She Mm. just wasn't a three point threat. It was like, okay, she can take this to the basket as well. And, yeah, they went away from that today though, and and some of her shots were a bit too predictable against people like Allen, who could just swat it away. <laughs> so, you know, they just gotta do better next game, and I think they will.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, next game is on Tuesday. Uh, we ended up uh, losing that game by fifteen, yeah. uh, scoring 6- sixty-three points, which was probably the uh, the lowest uh, scoring. Uh, you know, game for the Liberty uh, all season long. Uh, someone even mentioned on Twitter that I never thought that you know uh, the Miami Dolphins will score more points than the the New York Liberty today because they went on the rampage with 70 points uh, against the Denver Broncos. But that's that's another game, another sports. But you know, it's just like just to show you how you know uh, little uh, the the Liberty scoring. And so yeah like it's going to be an interesting game. I mean Sandy said that it's almost like a elimination game even though, you know, eh? it's technically not, but you, if you're down 2-0 losing your two home games and you have to go to Connecticut to get two wins, uh, it's be tough. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. I mean, they could definitely get one, but the momentum would not be in your favor and the confidence would be really high for Connecticut, so it's it's almost like a win or go home type of mentality game yeah. uh, that they're gonna need to have um, on Tuesday. So we'll see about that. Uh, but in other news, uh, before we conclude, uh, I could uh, I had to mention the fact that you know some awards were uh, given uh, this uh, past week, and so unfortunately, you know um, you know for us as Liberty fans. Um, Benajalini didn't get the defensive yeah. player of the year. Um, she had one vote, uh, which is crazy what? when you think about it. Yeah, uh, if I show oh, you the. Man. You didn't know <laughs> I'll show you the. That's the, disrespectful. The, the breakdown of the votes. Uh, so, Asia Wilson had 32 votes, so, uh, Asia Wilson was uh for the second year in a row uh defensive player of the year nothing shocking with that but you know she got 32 votes Alisa thomas was second with 24 votes uh britney sykes uh was third with three votes and Benaja laney was fourth uh with one vote and then when it came to uh all defensive uh you know first team and second team uh it's kind of different even though you might have had more votes uh, for the individual award, you might end up on the second team. Mm-hmm. So the uh, first team was Asia Wilson, Elisa Thomas, Brittany Sykes, Brianna Stewart, and Jordan Canada. And then the second team, Bernard Lainey, was on the second team with Ozzy Magabor, uh Nika Agumake, Nafisa Collier, and Elizabeth Williams from the Chicago Sky. Um, and I think that... You know, there has to be a question in terms of the voting. There was even, like, uh, Courtney Williams from the Chicago Sky that was almost, like, pleading for, you know, the players and the coaches to, you know, vote for those awards or at least have a word in that, Uh, which is valid because, obviously, the players face, you know, all the other players, so they know, you know, how tough it is to score on someone. But then you could also argue that there could be a certain level of, you know, bias Uh, If you like, you know, voting for your own teammates, but there were a lot of guards, uh, that were really questioning, like, what does it take for them to have more respect, you know, in terms of voting? Because if you look at the history of the votes, uh, has been dominated by, by centers. And it's the same in the NBA. Uh, you know, we had Marcus Smart, uh, uh, the past year that, you know, had, you know, defensive player of the year, and it was the first guard since uh, Gary Payton in the mid '90s to, to get the award. So it seems very hard uh, for guards, um, you know, to, to to be voted as the best defender. And I feel like you know, it's not all about the stats, though. Like you know, obviously Asia is the best blocker of the league. You know, she takes a lot of rebounds. We also had like one point five steals, and you know, almost the same amount of blocks. But for us who have watched all the games of the Liberty, you know, for the past few seasons, and particularly this season, how Benajah was yeah. so impactful, uh, you know, guarding the best, you know, guards of the other team. And you do not not necessarily going to see that in the stats, but you see it in the impact, how she ties, you know, the person who has the ball and how it helps. I mean, even Stewie said, uh, you know, uh, you know, it means a lot for her to see Benaja being recognized in the old defensive team. She said that she thinks that it's really seeing what she's done this season and how she can continue to impact uh, this league going forward. It's something that she cannot wait to be a part of, and she knows that. It was uh, Miles Ehrlich uh, that got to interview Stewie, um, and she said that, you know, she you know is so happy. She really enjoyed playing with Benaja because... It allows her to have more freedom to do things on defense yeah. that she wouldn't necessarily be able to do if you know she didn't have a teammate like Benaja. So even Stewie says that thanks to having Benaja on the team, that helps her to do more stuff on defense. So she get first team. Benaja to get second team But Stewie tells you like, Yeah it's thanks to Benaja That I was able to accomplish those things defensively Yeah but
0: most people don't watch all the games That's why I think you made a good point About just even Courtney Williams Saying like The players should get a say In these votes as well Because Mm -hmm. they know Based on all the games they play against each other Who's the toughest person out there defensively They talk they know who that is, and, and you know, it, it can't just be stats because defense sometimes, it, it's not always going to show up in the stats. And yeah. so, you know, outside of, like, blocks and steals and in the rebounds, like, you got – there's so much more to, to defense, and I think you're right. You know, yes, the defensive player of the year going to Asia – we knew it was well deserved. There's no, I mean, <laughs> there's no yeah, complaint the- that Asia deserved to be defensive player, but I do think Benaja should have got more votes than what she got. Um, I think that's disrespectful, but <laughs> that's just me. Um, but yeah, I do think if you gave the players a chance to also chime in and even cast their own vote along with you know everyone else, that you know, the outcome might be a little bit different. It may have still been Asia, but I think you would have seen other players come up into that list.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, and, you know, we just uh, finished watching the first game between uh, the Las Vegas Aces and the Dallas Wings, and Asia Wilson was once again dominant on both ends of the floor. I mean, she had, like, three blocks in the first half, and you know, she is the anchor of the Aces, so it's not really shocking, but it definitely feels like guards should get a little more respect and recognition for Mm -hmm. what they're doing. I mean, I remember Natasha Cloud, after the elimination game against the the New York Liberty, she said, like, I'm an all-defensive guard. Like, you know, I belong in this this league and I'm one of the best defenders out there. And you see that she wasn't even on the two best defensive team. and, And she... Mentioned that frustration on on Twitter. And she has every right because
0: when you see her play defense... Yeah. Yeah. Like, her name, she should be in the conversation. She should be even second team. Like, she should be there because she, she is a bull on defense, as we saw, you know, in the previous games with her. Yeah, I think, you know, sometimes you know outside of people like Asia and Stewie and you've seen what they've done all year you know sometimes a lot of these votes is you know might be stat related might be who you favor popularity wise and things like that but you know i think if you do get players opinions and even players to vote on certain things You'll you'll see other players come up into into those um, accolades.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you look at, for example, the the All Star Game votings, uh, it's the mixture of you know media, fans, mm-hmm. uh, coaches, and players. I think so, and you see a disparity even in the voting between mm-hmm. the the players and the, and the media. So there is definitely something out there, and there was some uh, media that was saying that if they were able to, you know, be, you know, paid full time for what they're doing, then i guess they'll be able to cover a little bit better the league cuz you see that sometimes like, you know, for example, when the New York Liberty play away, that not all the reporters that normally follow the Liberty yeah. are at those games, you know, right. because maybe they have another job that they have to do and they cannot cover Liberty beyond you know just New York so if you were able to you know be at the stadium instead of just relying on you know watching the game on TV then you will see things that we see when we go to the Liberty games and what we see from Ben Arzalini that you know maybe some people wouldn't see if they watch on TV or just watch a couple of Liberty games so it's gonna be something that they're gonna to have to figure out I mean obviously this league is continuing to, uh, to grow Um, But, you know, having that conversation and hopefully that will lead to positive changes um, uh, will help the league to continue to grow. But I know that, you know, the next uh, awards are going to be also controversial. (laughs) I'm sure that, you know, the MVP, which is going to be, I think, the last trophy, uh, is going to create some uh, tension and disappointment or whatever. Um, But, yeah, it is what it is. At least we could, you know, the only positive out of this is that because there's so much talent, now it's becoming really, really complicated to figure out who's who's getting uh, awards, right?
0: Yeah, the three players who are up for this particular award for MVP, it's well-deserved for all three, so... Yeah, we would want Stewie to win, but I'm also, I'll be sad, but I'm not going to be shocked if Asia or even Alyssa Thomas gets it. I wouldn't be shocked if one of them got it. Um, they all had great seasons. Yeah. And so, you know, and they were the anchors, they are the anchors of their teams. And so either way, I think as the league grows, you're going to get... I mean, in the years to come, there are a lot of great players that are about to step on the mm-hmm. court in the WNBA. As you can look at some of these college athletes that are coming up, yeah, the WNBA is going to continue to grow. The viewership, the attendance, all of that will grow, which will only help, you know, overall coverage of the WNBA you know, the NBA was in this spot many, many years ago. And so the WNBA just needs to get that bump up. And I think they're getting there. And hopefully as people invest and as percentages continue to go up, we're going to see things change and we'll see things evolve as time, as time goes on.
1: Yeah. So on Tuesday, uh, 8 PM Eastern time, we're gonna need MVP performance from Stewie, and we're gonna need uh, all defensive, uh, yeah. you know, performance from Benaja uh, to be able to get that win. Uh, we will record the the podcast the uh, the following day. Uh, but thank you so much once again for uh, listening to us, uh, and as we always say, Felicia, let's, let's go Liberty! Liberty.